the volume. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. It's Freddie Prinze Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff. Are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Colin Coward Podcast presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. No better place to bet the action than on FanDuel Sportsbook during the football season. There's a lot of reasons. It's America's number one sportsbook. Incredibly easy to use. Super safe. Totally secure. Super fast payouts in as quick as two hours. You're not going to get that anywhere. Also, same game parlay bets. Live betting. It's the best. Hey, if you're new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. I did it in 15 seconds. Get started now. Sign up. Please use the promo code Colin so they know we sent you. Please use the promo code Colin, C-O-L-I-N. FanDuel Sportsbook app. Sign up. Hi, everybody, and welcome into the Thursday podcast. Michael Irvin, the Hall of Famer, the playmaker, is going to stop by. Let's discuss a couple of things. Pretty funny story this week. Hub Arkish, a sports writer in Chicago. And for the record, doesn't that sound like a sports writer in the 20s? Hub Arkish then covered the Senators to beat the Bruins in one of the greatest games ever while wearing a top hat. God, I wish my name was Hub Arkish. It just sounds relevant, doesn't it? Red Barber with the play-by-play. Let's hand it over to Hub Arkish on the sidelines. Anywho, Hub Arkish came out in a Chicago radio station and he said, I think Aaron Rodgers is a jerk and I'm not going to vote for him for MVP. And then (laughs) Aaron Rodgers came out yesterday and said, Hub Arkish is a bum. The whole damn thing's funny. Hub Arkish, folks, despite how grand his name is, is one of 50 voters. He does not reflect the entire media. If you're listening to me and your family, your immediate family and cousins is 50 people, and one of them got arrested, do I believe that your family is part of some sort of crime syndicate or you have a D-bag somewhere in your family? Probably the latter. One person doesn't speak for a family. I don't get outraged when a single member of the media does something ridiculous because I choose not to be outraged. I have friends in the media, liberals and conservatives. They make money doing grievance television or having a grievance website. Do I really think Ben Shapiro is that pissed off all the time? No, because if he was, he'd need a mental health specialist. 
I don't think the anchors on MSNBC wake up screaming at the ceiling fan every day. That Fox News anchors really go around throwing pots and pans all day. But grievance and outrage sell. I don't think Hub Arkish, as he hammers out lines on his telegram, speaks for the entire media. I like being able to tell the difference between something that's really worth getting upset about and what's unnecessarily built for click outrage. I hope you can tell too. These are television performances and radio performances. If you're really upset over what Hub Arkish said and it ruined your day, either get a dog or a girlfriend. It's funny. A sports writer called a player a jerk and the player called the sports writer a bum. (laughs) The whole damn thing's funny. Remember when resumes used to matter? They'd show you in high school how to build one. Maybe you took a class in college too. Suddenly, resumes no longer matter. If a good person with a wonderful life resume of good deeds and selfless activism does something bad, he's suddenly a bad person. If somebody that's a bad person and a creep has a good day, suddenly they're a great person. Don't resumes sort of matter? Antonio Brown and Bruce Arians. Did Bruce Arians force him to go in? Antonio Brown says, I was hurt and refused to go in. Who am I supposed to believe? Bruce Arians, four decades in the sport, beloved by players, beloved by assistants, built a diverse staff, wildly respected. Or Antonio Brown, rape accusations, robbed a delivery driver, kicked out of school. Antonio Brown's resume is of a bad person who treats virtually everyone, young, old, teammate, man, woman, terribly. I don't believe anything Antonio Brown says. Why would I? His professional sports resume is littered with half-truths and mistruths. And why would I doubt Bruce Arians? He's respected league-wide. Remember when Drew Brees came out and was, at least in my opinion, a little tone-deaf in regards to Black Lives Matter and teammates? He was roundly criticized for about a day, and then many people came to his defense. And the reason is because Drew Brees had a history in the league of helping teammates and coaches and helping rival players and giving to the state of Louisiana and the city of New Orleans. Resumes matter. Good people make mistakes. And bad people and creeps have good days and have good deeds. When it comes to Antonio Brown and Bruce Arians, there is only one person based on their football resume that I'm going to believe. Quite a stir on the interweb this week when Kirk Herbstreet popular broadcaster for ESPN, a football analyst, said that players opting out of games, they don't love the game. Of course, that was ridiculous because we know in every industry, some people really love it. I love radio. I love TV. But I've worked with lots of people that do it for the paycheck, and it's not a central focus in their life. That's okay. We can both coexist. We know in the NFL, Tony Gonzalez once told me, the Hall of Fame tight end, that about 3 to 5% of players were really committed to the sport. 
The other 95, 97%, they liked what football could do for them more than they loved football. So Herb Street goes out to say that players that opt out don't love the game. Yes, I think it's completely ridiculous. But I was also shocked that Reese Davis, the host of the show, was angered over the blowback. Oh, fellas, let me give you a lesson from somebody who gets hate all day. I'm honored to be imitated and privileged to be criticized. We're all making millions of dollars talking about sports. Did Reese Davis just figure out how Twitter works? Did Kirk Herbstreet think he could say that and not get some blowback? The reality is those two work on a really popular Saturday show and are also assigned to the biggest bowl games at the network. So when they have the rare opinion, and Herb Street's never been known for pointed, harsh criticism, if anything, everybody tends to be great. Coordinators, players, receivers, coaches, D-linemen, and we all know about 5% in any industry is truly great. But if you have a criticism that is not in the direction of most media, you'll get blowback. And it's a privilege to get it. It means you're on shows and games that people are paying attention to. Big story in the media this week when Ken Rosenthal, baseball reporter, had his contract not renewed by the MLB network because reportedly he had been critical of the commissioner, Rob Manfred. Woo! Journalism ethics breached. Huh? Ken Rosenthal is heavily employed. He wasn't fired by The Athletic. That's a journalistic enterprise. He wasn't fired by a broadcast network, Fox. They also employ him. He was not retained by the Major League Baseball Network. What, we think that's the Pointer Institute? It's run by Major League Baseball. Listen, if you work for the NFL Network, you may want to ease up on your Roger Goodell criticism or hammering Jerry Jones. Let's not be idealistic about this. Ken Rosenthal does a terrific job. He had three employers. He was fired by none. But you got to know the temperature in the room. And if you choose to work for the NHL network, be careful with Batman criticism. Or the NBA network, Adam Silver's watching every night. Again, what journalism ethic was breached? He criticized Rob Manfred. Manfred didn't come down from his office and fire him. I've been in this business 25 years. Over the course of that time, I have worked with dozens of dozens of sportscasters, men, women, who have not been retained when their contract is over. Do you know there's two reasons why? They're not very good. This is not the case with Ken Rosenthal. Or they piss somebody off in power. If Rosenthal would have been fired by Fox and The Athletic, hmm, that would be concerning. The MLB network? I'm not saying that these league-owned networks are North Korea news. But do I think Rich Eisen at the NFL network steers away from certain trouble spots from time to time as a professional broadcaster? I'd say yeah. We all know there's no teeth at these 
league-owned networks. They are there simply to promote their sports. All right, Michael Irvin, three-time Super Bowl champ, the playmaker. How the hell is life right now, Michael? Hey, life is good, Colin. And, you know, we've had a great season. Any team, any of the top three, four, five teams in both conferences, you can see them possibly winning the Super Bowl. So yeah. it's wide open, and that really does make it make it more interesting. You know, Michael, when you were a player, I remember you in college. Um, my eyes told me you were bigger and stronger, faster with better hands. I didn't need to be a scout. My eyes tell me with Dak, he's good, but he's not Herbert. He's not Burrow. He's not Mahomes. He's not Josh Allen. He's not electric, electric like Lamar or Kyler. My eyes tell me he's good. Mostly great quarterbacks, Troy Aikman, Manning, Brady, Big Ben in his prime win. And there's this sort of Dak is in a slump. And I've been saying on the air, I went back the last four years. If he doesn't get 100 yards rushing, he doesn't beat good teams very often. I don't think he's in a slump. I think Dak is sort of reliant throwing on third and short. He's not as good throwing on third and long. He's not as mobile as a Kyler Murray, so he needs better protection. I think Dak has always been a B-plus quarterback. I'm okay with that. Um, but but it, when I infer that, people push back. Like, like, that's outrageous. My eyes told me Aikman was an A. Emmett was an A. Micah is an A. Trayvon Diggs is an A. My eyes tell me Dak's a really good B. Is that fair? Well, it, it, it is fair if that's your assessment because that's your assessment. Now, you know, right. I'm sure Dak won't say that he's a B. And I don't know that I would say that Dak's a B. I think Dak, you know, when you look around the landscape and you're talking A's and B's, we're talking according to the quarterbacks that are in this in the, in the NFL right now. Right. And, 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 and you mentioned some guys. You mentioned the Herberts and, and all of that, but – but Dak also has, I think, a thing that you're discounting, a great leadership. I believe, I believe, and I subscribe to, there's a rare quality, a rare quality at the quarterback position. If you can get your quarterback truly the heart and soul of your football team, a la Tom Brady, everywhere he's been, we anoint quarterbacks, leaders. We give them that platform and uh, anoint them that, but all of them are not really that. And all of them certainly are not the heart and soul. When you can get a quarterback that's the heart and soul of your team, that to me counts as good as what we call physical gifts, shoulders right. down. Okay, so Aikman had both. What did Troy do in the intangibles? Forget the arm size. What did he do with intangibles? That was what Dak has, what you're calling leadership. Well, well, Troy was a great leader. And Troy, for us, for us, was the straight leader. You know, I'm going everywhere and every day. You know, we're going to have fun. and We're going to do this. Troy, like, come on, guys. Let's get it back. Let's get it back. You know, I'm out there talking. What you I'm going at the defensive lineman. The defensive What you want to do? My tackle was like, Michael, Michael, don't talk to him. You're never blocking him. Leave him alone. You know, <laughs> Troy would have to wheel that in and try to wheel all of that back in and focus in this huddle. Let's put all that down. Let's focus on playing. He, he was a great leader in that way also. 
All right, the college football championship is here to celebrate FanDuel Sportsbook hooking up new customers. 30 to 1 enhanced odds on either team to win. I like Bama minus the points. I'm taking Saban and Bryce Young. Sign up at the FanDuel Sportsbook. I mean, basically, five bucks can win you 150 bucks on either team to win. 30 to 1 enhanced odds. Always use the promo code Colin, by the way. It's the number one sports book in America, safe and secure, payouts in as little as two hours. FanDuel is going to hook up all customers with $50 when you refer a friend. Plus, your friend will get 50 bucks too. Whenever you go to a FanDuel sports book and sign up at FanDuel.com, just use the promo code Colin. 30 to 1 enhanced odds, either team to win. I'm taking Alabama. 21 plus and present in Arizona, Colorado, Indiana, Michigan, Jersey, Tennessee, and Virginia, or West Virginia. Refund issued as non-withdrawable site credit that expires in seven days. Max refund, 10 bucks. Restrictions apply. See terms at sportsbook, FanDuel.com. Same game parlay available for multiple sports in all states on mobile slash web. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Visit FanDuel.com slash RG in Colorado, Jersey, and Virginia. Or call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. Tennessee red line is 1-800-889-9789. Or go to 1-800-GAMBLER.net in West Virginia. Or call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text next step to 53342 in Arizona. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. You know, Michael, you got McVeigh and Stafford. You got Brady and Arians. You got Kyler and Cliff. You got, there's some really big time players, coaches, leaders, quarterbacks in the NFC. It is, right. Would it be that big of a disappointment if Dallas won a playoff game and then lost close in round two? Would that be a disappointing season given their the parameters of the NFC? And 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 Colin, I want to I want to talk some talk to something else because you talked about the slump Dak is in, and I, I you know we, I know Doc, you know they started out on that tear a five and one six and one, and then they then they went went through that little slow spot there, in that little slow spot that we started dubbing this a slump. That's when a lot of injuries were started happening. Tyron Smith went down, then Ezekiel Elliott and Pollard, and then the receivers in and out. 
we dubbed that a slump, even though it was still the second-ranked offense in the National Football League, but it was widely given it to a slump. They, they went from scoring 34 points, I think, at a time to 29 points, uh, and we were calling it a slump. I always say, well, let's wait till we get down to 10, 12 points before we double slump. 10, 10 points a game, then you get double the slump. And in that area that we call the slump, I can repurpose it and say, this is when Dak kept the team together because there were so many missing parts and he still kept them above 500 and what everybody called the slump. I was called in a binding process because he had to bring this team together and try to win games without Amari Cooper in uh, uh, CD Lamb, without Tyron Smith. And that's not an easy thing when you got those kinds of great players without Zach Mark missing games. So, so I, I, I say when everybody was saying it was a slump, did a good job of keeping them above water. Look how many teams have fallen below, uh, uh, be, uh, be, below water because of injuries. We certainly have seen it in, in Baltimore. We've seen it all over the league. Yeah. So what success for the Cowboys in the playoffs? Let's say they open up. They win, they win an opener. Okay. Uh, they beat Arizona, by the way. And then they lose to, say, the Rams. Is that really a disappointing playoff run? I, I hope I hope they dubbed that a disappointing playoff run. I hope we don't, we're not sitting here and the guys lose like in that fashion and say, hey, you know, well, we had a pretty good year. We had some success. No, no, no. no. I, I, I hope they consider that uh, uh, not being success. Yes, I think the Cowboys need to win more than just that first playoff game and go a little deeper. What team in your opinion, Michael, is a bad matchup for Dallas in the NFC? I think the team they just saw. The team they just saw because they, they it, you know what it reminded me of? It reminded me of the time when we were going through the runs. You know who we did? I didn't want to see Houston. I didn't want to see Houston. I didn't want to Why? see Juan Moon and that old red, that old stretch system. We couldn't beat them. We could not beat them. God, we couldn't beat them. I was so happy. When Buffalo came back on you and I saw <laughs> Buffalo at the Super Bowl, I knew what to do. Every time talk, we went, we practiced against them in training camp. We couldn't beat them. We couldn't beat them. And it was, it's just, and when I see Arizona, I get that same feeling, you know, that same feeling. Remember they had Ernest Given, they had all those dudes, and they had yeah. Warren Moon spreading that ball around. And I was like, God, it just gave us fits. If you don't control a team like that, if you don't control them with the defensive line, keeping Kyler Murray in the pocket, getting pressure on Kyler Murray, then that, that spread setting all those receivers, they're going to give you problems. That's what that's what that's what Houston did for us, and that's what Arizona does for Dallas right now. But I believe Dallas, Dallas, if Dallas offense performs better, they win that game the other day. They go in the third quarter, still only have seven points. You 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 can't win that game playing against Arizona like that. You know, it's interesting. Micah Parsons, the Cowboys did not need a receiver. They went and got C.D. Lamb. He's been a hit. They didn't need a linebacker. They went and drafted Micah Parsons, and they figured the rest of the shit out. <laughs> it's, it's, it's funny. If you look at the last two years, they didn't need those guys. But Stephen Jones said, those are the best athletes on the board, and we're just going to figure out how to fit him in. And it goes against something. I always kind of believed you look at what you needed. And then let's say you have the 13th pick 
You need a corner, and he's rated as your 21st best player, but you need a corner. I would draft him. But Dallas went the opposite way, and they went and got Micah Parsons. Did you – and he's been a remarkable player. Right, right. He he just kind of proves, Michael, go get the best dude. We'll figure the rest of it out later. Did you initially think it was a smart pick? Uh. I, I, we all went in now, and, and let's, let's, let's restate this again now, Carl. Let's restate this again. When you say they didn't need Michael Parson, that wouldn't be true. They needed him. They just didn't have him as their most prior towards, prior to prioritized need. They didn't have – they had cornerback maybe at, at that need, and then they measured the talent at corner and said, okay, we'll take the corner over the linebacker. But they needed the linebacker. They needed this guy. So they went on, on, on another need, on another need, and, and, and mentioned it in this player. When I first met Michael Parson, I was doing the draft, right? And I was, I was on the red carpet interviewing everybody, Colin, and they're coming through. And this one dude he's standing over there, he's looking at me. He's like, man, I'm going to be like you, dog. I said, excuse me? Who is this dude here? That, you know, I didn't really know him. And I said, oh, it's Michael, Michael Parson. I said, hey, what's up, man? He said, yeah, I'm going to tell you. I'm going to be like you. You know, I'm going to be like you. I said, what's like me? You know what I mean? He said, yeah. well, I'm, I'm going to get me some championships. I'm going to say, oh, okay, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, and, and then we went on. Now, I'm thinking we're about to get one of these cornerbacks. But when I when they drafted this dude, when they drafted Mike Parsons, I was like, oh, my God. I, 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 I'll show you the text I sent Stephen Jones um, back when they drafted him. I said, listen. I knew we were going. I knew we wanted a corner, but I guarantee you, after I spent a little time with him, I said, "This is what we need. This dude is going to be right." I, I, I got, I got, I got the text. I said, "This dude's going to be great for our locker room." You know, given what what, what both we need them both, but you need somebody. You need a dog in that locker room, a real dog, and that's what we need. One of those guys they don't see. All he sees is plays being made. I remember a piece from uh, from that from Hard Knocks training camp, the Hard Knocks, and and he was sitting on the sideline, and and Van Der Esch said, "Hey man, you gotta learn, son. You can't make every play." He said, "I guess I'm too young to know that. I'm going to make every play. That's what I want to hear. I want to hear you reasoning with him on the sideline. Let this joker go and make every play. And I believe he can make every he make every play." He believed he need, he can make every play. It was the attitude, Colin. I'm telling GMs this right here, and I tell them all the time. I'll take a little less talent off of a player if I got the right attitude for my locker room because connectivity, especially on defense, is the number one priority. And if you can bring connectivity to your defense with this dude right here, if this dude knows how to connect that defense, I'll take him even if he's a little less talented than the next guy. Whenever I think of you, I just think of big play wide receivers and they they come in all shapes and sizes. Jerry Rice didn't have your size and probably didn't have your speed, but he was so darn productive. Um, I mean, Walter Payton came from like Jackson State, right? Overlooked. I watched Cooper Cup. He went to college where I went to college, Eastern Washington. Michael, Explain to me how he gets that open and has 140 catches. What do you see with Cooper Cup? What is it? I, I see a receiver that understands the finest part of the game. 
most receivers only work on learning how to get open. Others, they, they don't master when to be open. Cooper Cup knows how to get open. He knows when to be open. He has that certain great timing. Watch some of the routes he runs. They're unconventional routes because they just attack the weaknesses in the defense. You don't see any other receiver in the National Football League running routes like Cooper Cup. He has he, he understands the timing when, when, when Stafford is ready to throw the ball so he can come off the line any kind of way. The traditional way is you barrel down on that cornerback. You threaten his greatest fear, which is letting you go, letting you go by him. He'll turn and run. You can run routes off. Cooper's not barreling down. He's just coming off the ball, setting it up, and making it impossible for you to stop him because he's attacking the holes in a defense. It's not really talent beating talent. It's really system beating system. This is your defensive system. I understand. This is offensive system, and I'm going to beat that system and find the holes in your defense. Uh, He's an incredible player, an incredibly smart player, and he's a joy to watch. He really is. You know, Michael, go back to your day. Um, Was there a wide receiver who didn't have your size, uh, didn't have your skills, but you sometimes would watch him on the sideline and either steal bits and pieces or learn stuff from? Oh, yeah. There are plenty of guys that I love watching. I mean, I, that was that were phenomenal wide receivers. And, and you know, you, you talked about Jerry Rice earlier. Jerry Rice was a, just a – and, and Jerry, Jerry, Jerry could run faster than me in game film. In game film, you never saw Jerry get caught. You never saw – it just seemed like he was always faster than everybody else. But, but yeah, we, we had plenty, plenty of wide receivers that I loved. I love watching Jerry. It's so funny. I remember we played <laughs> – we played San Francisco, and you know I'm I'm, I'm, I'm I want to I want to be the best guy on the field every game. My job was to be the best guy on the field, the best wide receiver on that field every day. And we were playing uh, San Francisco. Jerry, poof, right over the top, he goes to 80 yards. Now we're hyped. We begin the game. Like, let's go, Troy. Let's go. He gets 80. We get 80 right now. Let's go to we'll hit the field. Troy just he just politely waited. I'm just yelling. I'm yelling my heart. He said, Michael, 80 is not us. We can get 420 yards, 420s, you know, four, four squares, four deep outs, and then get down the field. But let's not go try to do something that's not us. You know what I'm saying? And right. he, he, he was so good at always bringing it back home and making sure that you played your game. That's why I say he's a great leader. Is there a team – AFC or NFC, uh, mine is Tennessee, that I just wouldn't want any part of. They're, it's hard to prepare for Tennessee because you don't have a running back in your camp like Derrick Henry. So I can't really prepare. It's almost like in college when Oregon had Chip Kelly right, and they were right, doing right, that right. play every that play every 13 seconds. You can't really prepare for it if you run a pro-style offense. You can't prepare for Lamar Jackson. I think Tennessee's a nightmare to play. Is there a team for you that you look at and you think, I don't know how talented they are, but they're just a they're a tough week of practice. Well, and and, and, and it's it's those teams that really in the AFC that comes off that Belichick tree. It's Belichick and Braden. You know, you, you, you first of all, let me tell you why. When you play those two teams, you're going to play a 
physical football game. You're not just playing this week. You're going to feel this next week. So just get ready. You know, when you right. play Vrabel or you play, you, you, you play Belichick, you know it's going to be physical. You know this team's not going to beat themselves. They're not going to beat themselves. You got to come to play. And, 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 and we both, nobody really knows the ceiling for either one of those teams. For either one of those teams. Uh, me, we got a great defense, and, but but they run the ball well. And if the young guy doesn't make the mistakes, they can play with anybody, you know. And 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 I'm I'm just so afraid. I don't even know what Tennessee can be if Derrick Henry's coming back and coming back in any kind of shape. I do believe, guys. Remember this now: he's been out with a foot injury, and he's a running back. I don't know how he's gotten anywhere near any kind of football shape. You see what I'm saying? So, yeah. so, so it's going to take time to work him back in. But they've been running the ball pretty good while he's been on the sideline and winning games. And Arthur Warren Brown, he's just he's just beastifying everybody right now. AJ is the key to that whole team. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events, you'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. Attention all wrestling aficionados. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. This is Freddie Prince Jr., and I am beyond thrilled to announce that our wrestling extravaganza is back, and joining me once again is the one and only Jeff Dye. Get ready as we highlight the most jaw-dropping matches, dissect the fiercest feuds, and uncover the latest twists and turns in the world of pro wrestling. We're dusting off our legendary side quests and unleashing a barrage of brand new segments that will keep you guys on the edge of your seat like our talks on Unsanctioned Thursdays. Freddie, you know we gotta give the people what they want. This season, we have an all-star lineup of special guests who are gonna be gracing our podcast, bringing with them their own unique insights, experiences, and all of that in the world of pro wrestling and beyond. Whether you're a seasoned wrestling veteran or a fresh-faced newcomer, we promise an experience like no other. So buckle up, wrestling fans. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie as part of the My Cultura Podcast Network, available on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you love sports and true crime, then there's a new podcast from executive producer Dan Patrick and hosted by me, Jay Harris, that you won't want to miss. Playing Dirty Sports Scandals. Each week, I'm squeezing the juiciest details from some of the biggest sports scandals ever. I'm talking Marcus Dixon, Olympic gymnastics, Kane Velasquez, salacious Super Bowl-level scandals. Join me on the dark side of sports by listening to Playing Dirty Sports Scandals on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. What's up, everybody? This is Stephen A. Smith. When I'm not at my day job, first tape. You can find me in my studio hosting the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast. Tune in every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at the very least as I bring you all new episodes that feature the biggest headlines in the world of sports, pop culture, business, and politics. You'll hear my unfiltered opinions on those nauseating cowboy fans, the chaos in Washington, D.C., and trending topics on social media as well as my straight-shooter interviews with top celebrities 
and game changers. And I occasionally give out love advice. Yes, it's true. If you want to know my true feelings about something, I'll give it to you straight. So listen to the Stephen A. Smith Show podcast on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcast. Okay, I want to talk college football. Um, there was a story out that Jim Harbaugh could think about going to the NFL, and he won 69% of his games with the Niners. They didn't have a winning season for eight years before he got there. He got into the Super Bowl. He right. left. They went into the toilet again. So he can coach. We know that. He's won everywhere he's been. Right, right. And I, and I said today on the air, Michael, I said, the NIL and the transfer portal, even the NFL has a salary cap. And even the NFL doesn't let you leave during the regular season. They have free agency after the season. Right now in college football, Michael, it's the wild, wild west. You could leave after a game week four. You, you could pay a car dealer, can pay a wide receiver $8 million. There's no guardrails on any None. of this stuff. None. And I wonder, Michael, I, I said, coaches like structure. Some of these college coaches, I think if Saban was 59 – I think he'd go back to the NFL. I love college football, Mike, and I'm for transfers and I'm for players getting paid. I am. But I like ice cream. I don't eat it for breakfast. There has to be guardrails on it. Right? Like like when you look at college football now, and I think you agree with me, players should be able to transfer. But isn't it a little wild, wild west right now? It's a mess. It, it is a mess, Colin, and, and it's funny you say this because I, I, I won't mention his name, but I was talking to a prominent college coach, and and most people think that that portal is there for the players. That portal is there for the schools also, because that's those schools. Those schools are recognizing players that they've given scholarships to. They notice, oh, you're not as good as we thought, and they're using that to get they're using that portal. They try to kind of tell those kids, maybe this is not the place for you. Maybe you should get into the portal and then let somebody else become this issue. And we can get back our scholarship and go get us another player. So it, it really is becoming the Wild Wild West. And that thing that's supposed to benefit the players, to turn around and bite the players also. Because now it, 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 it's, there's no longer you got a four-year scholarship. You got what we got in the NFL. One year. You have to fool yourself and play it again every year. It's what Jimmy used way back in the day when he used to tell us, those scholarships are not four years. Those are one-year renewal. And if you don't do what you got to do, but we will not be renewing this deal. We're going to get you out of here. Now, they just ship you on to the portal and get you on out of there. Also, the NIL, the name image likeness. Everybody says, oh, That's it's it. a win. But, it's a new world. But the, here's the thing, though is if Auburn says Caleb Williams, quarterback at Oklahoma, we'll pay you two million bucks. And Lincoln Riley says, we'll pay you a million. Well, it better serves Caleb Williams to go to the better court, the better coach, and then become a number one pick in the draft, like Baker and Kyler and Jalen Hurts. He elevates all their brands. No doubt. I, no doubt. I worry that some players will just take the short-term money and go to Correct. a worse coach that won't develop them. I worry about that Correct. with Caleb Williams. Right, and you take the small money over the big money that would have been – you would have gotten if you got drafted earlier. And it, it's a difference of tens of millions of dollars, not just that, not just that million. And, and not only that, also, you're going to be taking away – these are young kids. They don't understand the full scope 
of the marketing angle. You go and get a little deal for some car dealership where they, they give you a car um, and, and, and $30,000. You're in college, that's a lot of money. But you just took yourself out of that category moving forward where somebody could have had a million dollar deal for you. You know what I'm saying? So you have to measure that according to how great you think you are going to be. I'm not giving this up for $10,000 or $20,000 or $30,000. I need to have right kind, the right kind of people around me that can foresee bigger deals ahead and say, hey, we don't want to get rid of this category for this small amount of money. All right, Michael, I like, I know everybody's going to say Kansas City and Green Bay for the Super Bowl, but I worry about the Packers tend to be pretty and you can run the football on them. And I worry about their ability to get Leonard Fournette off the field or Cam Akers and Sony Michelle off the field or James yeah, Conner yeah, off the field yeah, yeah. or Tony Pollard and Zeke or Philadelphia or San Francisco. I don't think Green Bay, I don't think comes out of the NFC. I will take the Chiefs, but I, I think Tennessee and Buffalo are really, really strong potential to beat the Chiefs. Do you have a Super Bowl you absolutely in your mind see today? Well, you know, listen, I, I, I like what you suggested. And I, 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 we, we, we measured it. We, we did top five teams in the AFC on inside. And I thought I still had the Chiefs, number one. And the Chiefs have lost to Buffalo, Tennessee, you know what I mean, Cincinnati, all those teams in there. But I said this, darling, when we get in the tight, the tight is the playoff where all booty holes get tight. They get real tight. Every mistake you make now can be the mistake that's sending you home. Before the mistake just sent us to the drawing board, we got to get better and improve. Now, bye-bye. You make that mistake if you want to. So those booties get tight. And when you get in the tight, who's going to perform? And a lot of those guys that we see in the AFC, uh, the Herberts, uh, these guys haven't really been all the way in their tight as much, as much as Patrick Mahomes. And that experience to me it, it still makes me lean on Kansas City. Now, the Green Bay angle that you're talking about, I would concur to you on certain things, but then I defer on others. And this is where I go. This is where I go. I was with you. I said, no way. At the beginning of the year, Green Bay can win a Super Bowl with this one-trick pony. This Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams. But here again, I'd be glad here the other day. I said, man, you know what? There's a place that I've held sacred. I mean, just sacred. I didn't put myself on that mountain. But, but, but the combination of Joe Montana and Jerry Rice, I've held that sacred. It's the greatest thing I've ever seen. And this Aaron Rodgers and Devontae Adams belongs up there. This dude, Devontae, is, is much better than I think even people give him credit for. He's big. He has such short burst quickness. You're bracketing him, and he's still getting open. So I see that. And then that Arizona game, and I was looking for another element, another element. I said, this time, I don't believe this Super Bowl team may need another element. And I saw that other element in Dylan. That big dude, he gives you something in the red zone. That's what Green Bay was missing last year. Remember, when they got down close to the red zone, they didn't have anybody to turn and hand the ball off. And Aaron Rodgers, remember those plays? They took the ball out of his hand, tore down, and they took him off the field. 
You go back to that situation now, they turn around and hand that ball off to Dillon, they'll go to the Super Bowl. So I do believe Green Bay has a good chance. All right, buddy. Great seeing you. As always, wildly entertaining, the playmaker. Thanks. You're a busy guy. You didn't have to do this. You do this a couple of times. You never have to do this, but you always do. Got it. Got it. And you know, like I know, Colin, when you get a podcast and you know how hard it is to get people and, and make sure they're doing what they're supposed to do and show up what he's supposed to show up, you say, okay. When I agree, you get one or two people that does this and does that, you say, okay, when I tell somebody I'm going to do it, I'm going to do it because you know how much it throws you off. And any time for you, buddy, I always enjoy coming on and chatting and chopping it up with you. You're a good man. All right. Thanks, Michael. Thank you, buddy. God right. bless you, man. Happy New Year. God bless. Happy New Year. The playmaker, Michael Irvin, go to our YouTube channel at The Volume Sports. He is so good and so entertaining and has so many different angles. Michael Irvin, the playmaker, three rings. Talk soon. The volume. It's Freddie Prince Jr. and Jeff Dye back in the ring. Wrestling with Freddie makes its triumphant return for an electrifying fourth season. Hey, Jeff, are you ready to rumble our way into an all-new season of Wrestling with Freddie? You better believe I have. I've been practicing my body slams, and I'm jacked. All right, don't go injuring yourself now. We'll be highlighting the best stories and matches of the week in wrestling from AEW, WWE, and have one-on-one -on -one talks with the best talents in the world of pro wrestling. Listen to Wrestling with Freddie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. I'm Saleya Mosin, and I've covered economic policy for years and reported on how it impacts people across the United States. In 2016, I saw how voters were leaning towards Trump and how so many Americans felt misunderstood by Washington. So I started The Big Take D.C. We dig into how money, politics, and power shape government and the consequences for voters. With new episodes every Thursday, you can listen to The Big Take D.C. on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.